Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Alexandra Woodyer Sharon. She's the CEO of newly formed Empress Royalty. We talked to her about the money raised uh, recently, the portfolio of companies that they have, and which stage of development they are at, and when can we expect cash flow. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on her, the company, their plans, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies, commodities, including royalties. Uh, training courses on there to help you with your diligence process and research. Uh, we've also got summaries of interviews that we've done, with, in fact, all of the interviews that we've done, just to save you some time, because we know you're busy. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, you can go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Alexandra, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. End of the week. I'm looking forward to a big... <laughs> bottle of red wine, if I'm honest. Uh, I've made it through. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, no, definitely looking forward to it. It's been a long week, but uh, I'm a couple hours behind you, so I've got a little while to wait. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you. Um, well, like, I appreciate you coming on. So um, where in the world are you? In Vancouver. Right. Okay. We've got a little bit of almost today. <gasps> Lovely. Yeah, same here, bizarrely. We seem to we seem to um, match weather conditions. Um, well, look. Like, First time we've spoken or met, and I've not heard this story before, it's probably not surprising because it's a new story. Uh, so why don't you kick us off with a one-minute overview, and I'll pick it up from there. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Empress, we are a new precious metals royalty and streaming creation company. We started trading on the TSXB um, in December and in the OTC in February. We currently have a portfolio of 14 assets, and we're looking to expand that out by investing in cash-generating um, investments in gold and silver. Beautiful, 14 assets. Okay, um, everyone got very excited after you listed. Share price went nuts. Yeah. And it's, it's come back down to normal levels again. So what were people expecting? You know, we were a private company. Um, we just basically started this and started uh, putting, executing our plan in July. We started, we did a financing in late October and that paper had a four month hold. And then we started trading, um, obviously, December 29th. And I think that's kind of what happened with the share price is that the, that paper all became free trading a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So nothing untoward, no expectation of great things, which, which didn't manifest. No, we haven't. We haven't even, you know, we're just getting started and we're delivering so far and everything we've said. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Um, so can we just um, talk, talk about you? So if you've been in the royalty game before, how many royalty transactions have you transacted? So my background is I'm ex-PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, I then started at Endeavor Financial as an analyst, um, Endeavor Financial being a global mining finance investment banking house out of the UK um, in Vancouver. Uh, so I started with them as an analyst, worked my way up to the ranks, got a, became director of structured finance, completed $1.5 billion of transactions, um, and then you know teamed up with Endeavor again to create uh, Empress. They've obviously got vast experience in the royalty space. Um, and that's kind of what really manifested and, and created the vision for Empress was that Endeavor was seeing these larger, they looked at a lot of the larger deals they put into financing and they were working with the bigger streaming and royalty companies doing a hundred million dollar, $150 million and recognized the smaller side of the market wasn't being serviced. So that's why we created Empress. Right. We'll get into that. But tell me this. So, so they weren't actually in the royalty and streaming business. They were doing structured finance and appreciate that. I know them from London, from, from London. 
Um, but you know, were, have they transacted you know royal, royalty deals themselves, or have they just been associated with? They've been the financial advisors on them and structured them, arranged them, um, put them together as part of a whole financing package. I mean, that, and that's the real thing is there's a lot of experience. So they know what the current streaming royalty terms are by, by the big companies. And we're able to apply that to the smaller side of the market um, where there's a lot of more opportunity. Right. And where's the technical expertise come from? We have, um, we've got access to uh, geologists, engineers, uh, mining analysts, uh, financial cash flow modelers, all of that through Endeavor, as well as through Ascendo's team, um, which I can talk, you know, my, my second partner. Um, so we've got access to a lot of engineers and geologists on the technical aspects of the projects. Right. And they're all in-house, but at Endeavor. Endeavor or Ascendo, yeah. We actually, I also have my VP Americas, um, Rich Fen, has been fantastic. He's a mining engineer. So we have a lot of technical eyes looking at stuff. Okay, so and tell us a little bit more about the team within Empress, please, because I just want to understand this, the makeup first, and, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, so the board, um, you know, I've, I've got three strategic partners. There's Endeavor Financial, Terra, and Ascendo. Um, David Rhodes from Endeavor is on our board. Jeremy Bond from Terra is also on our board. Um, and then we have, uh, we work closely with the Endeavor team and the Ascendo team to execute on deals. Um, in-house, I have some great uh, corporate government specialists, uh, myself, um, you know, and then Rich, who's a mining engineer, uh, investment banker by background as well, um, on the team. We're a young company too. I mean, it's important to note, we're just starting to build and uh, we're, we're able to leverage that and build quickly with our relationships. No, I, I get that, but there's also a lot of royalty companies coming into the space at the moment because royalties are popular, right? And you know, I don't want it to be a, a case of you know, it's like, well, lots of people jumping on the bandwagon, but lots of people are jumping on the bandwagon. So I'm trying to work out who's got what differentiators. So how would how would you say that you, you are different from the rest? Um, we look at things, I think, slightly different. Um, the royalty space, you know, I think everyone lumps us all into one pot. Um, there's the early stage exploration companies, royalty companies, the project generators. There's the royalty companies that are out there doing third-party acquisitions or royalty trading companies where they're trading the paper. They're not working with the company necessarily. And then there's the other side of it, which we're more into, which is the creation. So that's creating financing solutions to either get a mine into production or to expand upon what they have. So that I think, you know, you need to understand, I think people need to understand the differentiators in the royalty space and that we're on the creation origination side. Um, and then we're uniquely positioned to do that and get access to deal flow with the companies because of our partnerships. I've got these global networks that are bringing me deals um, and we're focused on the cash production side of it. Talk to me about the, the creation origination side because I want to make sure I'm getting the terminology right because people talk about that in the context of literally getting out in a field and you know marking up land packages and that's creation origination and they kind of flip the royalties on those you've also come but you're coming from a technical background and we used to use the same phrases there yeah. creation <laughs> origination so what are you talking about no i'm trying to work at a visual visual representation that we can we can push out to people so they can understand the difference but the, there's the generation so that is it's the flagging it's going out there um and getting their one percent and selling the project on and that's early stage. Um, and I think there's been some, there's some great examples of those types of royalty companies. Um, and then once they, you know, someone's got the, the 1% royalty paper, somebody else will buy it off of them for a higher price in the future because they feel there's value as the project progresses through its own stages. 
the origination or creation, which we are, is where there's a project that needs, say, $10 million to get in production. And they're like a bit of debt, a little bit of equity, and then they need one or $2 million extra. They will sell us a royalty on the project or we'll do a stream. And we create what fits with the rest of their financing package so they can still be successful in production, meet what they need to, and then we can get the returns that we need. Great. So I'm trying to, you're not a pure play royalty and streaming company in, in that sense, right? Because you're talking about structured finance bundled in. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I can see that being a little confusing there. We are a pure royalty and streaming company. So that's how we make our investments. And then we have partners or other financing groups that would be providing the debt or the equity or the other components. There are some cases where we are the only ones funding the project or expand when it's expanding a project. So then we would provide, you know, a two and a half million dollar gold stream that would, you know, increase someone's production by a third. Right. But you, again, I'm trying to be clear. So you're working more closely with the equity or debt uh, component uh, and creating that sort of structuring around at the same time? Or are you saying you sit outside of the equity debt element and you're coming in as a conventional royalty and streamer might? We are a conventional royalty and streaming company. We're not buying them, we're creating them, but we are doing the traditional royalty and streaming model. We're not putting equity into companies. We're not providing debt to companies. We are a pure royalty and streaming company working a full stop. <laughs> and we work alongside other groups um, that can help support the project to get there. We don't need that. It's just we add that added value okay. um, to my companies. Got it. I just want to be clear because the multiples are different for a royalty company compared to, right? Just wanted to make sure everyone understood that. Um, so let's let's talk about those 14 assets. Um, there's a few press releases come out recently. Can you kind of break down the portfolio for us, if you don't mind? In terms of, in terms of near revenue, near-term revenue and the rest. Yeah, so currently we have 14 investments. Um, and when we look at our portfolio, we look at our current investments, we look at our investments in progress, and then we look at our pipeline. So just talking first about our investments in progress, sorry, sorry, not investments, sorry, our actual portfolio. We have 13 early stage gold exploration projects, which we picked up through our spin out um, to become a, a company in July. Um, those are all in Canada, but they're very early stage. Uh, most recent, we did one in November, the Pinos Candelaria project. This was a, a one and a half million dollar investment for a one percent royalty on their project in Zacatecas, Mexico. Uh, that project should be in production in Q1 2020, uh, Q1 2022. So that'll bring revenue in then. So that's what we currently have. Uh, we've signed um, a uh, we've signed a royalty agreement with uh, sorry with MMP for a project in Mozambique. This is going to be a two million dollar investment. We're just waiting for the final registration of papers to happen on this. Um, and this won't be in production this year. So this would bring revenue into Empress towards the end of 2021. Um, and that's what a million dollars a year when it's uh, when that one's fully online. And then we're working closely with Telson Mining um, to provide them a $5 million silver stream um, on the Talawetter project in Durango, Mexico. Um, and that one should be production at the end of this year, beginning of next. Um, and that brings roughly $3 million of revenue into the company, U.S., both of those are U.S. But those are ones that are, you know, we've got what we have. Those are investments in progress. I've got exclusivity and another two 
um, that are already in production in Peru and Kenya. And then we have our pipeline of opportunities that we're looking at. Um, it's early stage for Empress. Um, you know, we, we really just got out of the gates in July. Um, and then as a public company, we've only been trading for three months. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to, let's go back to the near term, um, cash flows. Cause I think ultimately that's what you're going to be judged on. Right. So, um, you, you're obviously um, helping out where you can. What else are those companies needing to get in place to be able to ensure that you, they get into production? In all three cases, if you look at the ones that'll be the nearest term cash production for us, all three cases, all permits are in place. Um, in the case two of them, uh, the mine, the, in, in case of two of them, um, they're both sort of already been, uh, they're half built. So it's just finishing them off. Um, so yeah, everything's ready to go. Uh, we don't foresee any issues with these getting into production. Okay. And on those, what is the, what's the, um, the gold equivalent, you know, royalty linked reserve or, or, or resource? Like how do, is your, are your royalties 100% of the mineable asset? And they're slightly different each one. Um, so Pinos project and Candel- uh, Candelaria's project, we have a 1% royalty in the entire project. Um, this project, um, the mine life on that is currently seven years. Um, and that's based upon one vein out of seven on this huge package. So we expect that one to get a lot more interesting, a lot sexier as they develop that out, as Candelaria looks at what they're doing there. Uh, with the Manica project, that's the one in Mozambique um, that we're going to do the $2 million investment into, that currently has a three-year mine life plan on it. And that's because the company's only looked at one of the deposits. Uh, there's a potential for three more additional satellite deposits nearby. So we expect that one to have a longer term as well. Um, and then with Telson, um, you know, that's a stream that we're doing. Um, and sorry, the Manicom, we have the full one, uh, one and a quarter percent royalty. And then with Telson, it's a, it's a 10 year silver stream or up to a certain amount of ounces, one, 1.25 million. Um, so obviously it's a different structure there. Right. Okay. And what's the expectation with each of those in, in terms of the amount of drilling that it's going to do to expand out those resources, to extend those lives of life of mine? Cause they, they, I mean, they're short. It's not necessarily a bad thing always, but it, it, it's better if there's some sort of extension component to this. We in all in all in all the cases we're looking at, we expect there to be expansion cases and then building it out. Um, that's the intention of all the management groups. Um, you know, obviously, one needs a little bit of time and money to get that done. And part of some in the cases where we're providing the money will allow them to do that. We're very much about the, the extension and the expansion of production. Right. Okay. As is everyone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but what, what about, so, so at the moment, there's no kind of planned drill program. We don't, have any, don't know how many meters are going to be drilled out in each of those in addition to what you already know about. In all, in all three cases, the companies do have plans to, to expand them out in terms of defined plans. Um, you know, I think with Candelaria, that's going to have a very long life and a lot further expansion. Ex- expansion on that. Um, and, you know, and if you look just at Candelaria's news and what they're putting out, um, I think you'll be able to see that some really exciting stuff happening with the company. And, you know, again, the same with Telson um, and what they're going to be able to do um, now that we've been able to get them a fully financed solution. Are all these investments uh, public or some private? Uh, and if, we, if we talk about just the initial three, uh, two of those are public companies and one is a private company, the one in Mozambique. Does that make getting information harder? Um, no, there's a, you know, there's been a long relationship with the project in Mozambique with the management, um, a long relationship with Endeavor. Um, and they've been amazing to work with. And they, you know, they've, we've been able to do a 43 101 on it and get all the technical information that we need. 
um, and the monthly reporting and all of that, that's all been established. So, I mean, that's important to us. We're not going to go in where we can't get if it's a public com a private company. We need to make sure we can get the right kind of disclosure that we need um, and the right kind of you know ability to see what's happening um, happening there. But the accountability is harder, especially in slightly more eclectic uh, jurisdictions, right? Yeah, I mean, we're not going into any jurisdiction um, that we haven't been before, and that's important to us. I mean, and, you know, Endeavor has had um, extensive global experience in Africa as well as South America, obviously with Ascendo Banco. We have a great, uh, a, a great uh, network and knowledge of what's happening there, um, but we're not going into anywhere that we don't know how to operate in, that we haven't had the experience, that we know we need to know the governments will work with us. Um, and then we have that that comfort level there. Um, but yeah, definitely a little bit more exotic countries, but that's based upon our experience. Right. And do you think that makes the market nervous? Because, you know, typical royalty stream, precious metals, North America, easy. The rest of it, so hard. I think investors have a choice. Um, we're going to get better returns, right? I mean, we're going into higher risk, higher return. It's obviously mitigated and structured in a way that makes sense. We're not cowboys. Um, so everything is very much uh, structured. We've got security in some cases over certain things that you wouldn't traditionally have. Um, but yeah, it's it's you get better returns. And that's what we're looking for. Okay, so you've talked about need for cash flows, all royalty companies, streaming companies talk about need for, for cash flows. So and sustainability of that cash flow is another thing. So if you kind of got short life of mine, it's one of them three years. To, I'm interested in understanding about your model for making sure that the, there's not just sustained cash flow, but growth profile to that too. So what, what are you going to be doing with some of these like medium term type return projects? I mean, if you look at just, you know, with the Manica one, the Mozambique one, where it's, you know, a $2 million investment, it gives us, you know, a million dollars a year revenue. So it's paid back within two years, if not faster. Um, and then there's obviously a huge extension on that. So these are long-term investments. We're not looking for, um, we've been very specific about looking for ones that are very close to production or ones that are already in production and expanding on what they have. Um, like the one I'm looking at in Peru, where it's for a $10 million investment, unable to double their production. Um, and then it's a combination of a stream and royalty where the stream goes for a certain period of time and then they get a 1% royalty for the life of mine. Um, and you talk to those guys, they believe they're going to be in production for at least 30 years. Um, obviously, there's you know certain restrictions we have with reporting and, and making sure we're following the rules on that of how long the mine life is. But we believe they all have very long-term views of doing it. Um, and the real focus for us is the revenue generation. We want revenue coming into Empress. That's where we see the multiples. That's where you see the lift in the share price. That's where you see the long-term plan um, and get to a point where we can establish a dividend policy. Right. You mentioned earlier that you've kind of got a network which allows you to get access to certain uh, investments, assets, um, which is which is great. And everyone's got to have something unique about them. Some people have databases. Some some people have worked in countries with continents for a long time. They they, they can do that. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested in um, your ability to get good deals that you don't overpay for. Because again, when you're starting out, the temptation is I've got to get a deal done. I've got to get noticed. I've got to. I've got to get the scale to get noticed. Um, how do you go about measuring what is and is not a good deal? Not just technically, but financially. Um, you know, it starts with the people. It really does. So we're getting into relation. Like it's through our network, Endeavor, Terra, and Ascendo. They're getting access to deal flow, um, and these are groups that we've worked with before. 
So we know the management team, that's obviously critical in any type of investment you make. Um, and then through our technical experts, we're able to figure out what the projects, like the projects that work and don't work um, and really kick them around and, and make sure that the economics make sense. Um, and for us, you know, we're not getting in a competitive bid process. You know, we're, we're sourcing our own deals and that's with groups that we know, hey, you've got a project and you wanna, if you had a bit of extra cash, you could double it, are you interested? And then being flexible around the other um, financing components they have in the long-term um, desires that they have to grow their company as well. Right, but you currently, I mean, you just raised some money, 15 million bucks, so congratulations on that. It gives you some optionality. Um, that says to me that you see most of the growth profile of this company coming from transactions rather than organic because it's it's early days. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be getting these mines into production, expanding on them, paying hard cash for them, and then getting hard cash back. Right. Okay. 15 million bucks. You really went for it, given your market cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, we've got, we've got um, uh, Manica, we've got... Um, uh, the Talawetta project that we want to fully fund. Um, and then we're just seeing these amazing opportunities. Again, for $10 million, I can double a gold mine production in Peru. For $2.5 million, I can increase production on a project in Kenya um, by a third. So we're seeing these things that bring immediate revenue into Empress, and that's how we wanted to be able to deploy the capital. There are a lot of other ones I'm looking at in my pipeline um, that might advance as well. I don't want to go out and sit on the big treasury of cash, um, they'll be, it'll all be deployed very quickly into these opportunities so that we can start showing and delivering and bringing revenue into, into Empress. Right. And when do you think there will be any opportunity for organic growth to come into the uh, growth story? I think that's going to happen with the projects that we already have. I mean, just look at Candelaria. I think in terms of what their growth plans are for the Pinos project, it will, uh, it'll expand there. Um, so there's definitely that element that we have at Empress. Um, you know, we believe in the management groups that we're investing in and what the potential they have. Right. And so, but nothing in the next couple of years. It's unlikely. No, I think it'll be, it'll definitely be in shorter order than that. Right. Okay. Um, so, so if we look at all the other players out there saying the same stuff, do you, and, and, you're, and the way you're describing your growth profile is, is the way that other people describe themselves. I mean, come back to that question of what's, what's going to give you the edge, or is it a case of, do you know what, in this environment, all royalty companies will do okay, so it's fine. <laughs> I know. it's In the last year, it felt like every two weeks, a new royalty company was popping up. Um, you know, and again, and kind of what I was talking about earlier, there's different types of royalty companies. It's important. Um, there's different commodities that royalty companies invest in. We are pure gold and silver. We're not staying diluting that in with anything else. We are a precious metals royalty and streaming company. That's important to us. That's where we see the multiples in the industry. Um, you know, access to deal flow. Um, that's um, and it's very much revenue focused. So, you know, other ones, again, as you're saying, are looking for that longer term uh, growth, but they're not getting near revenue. So for us, it's our access to deal flow through our strategic partners. It's the creation aspect. It's the production, uh, the production stage projects that we're looking at that bring revenue into Empress. And the fact that we're looking at uh, uh, pure precious metals and globally. Right. Okay. And what's the end game? to build this company out, to keep repeating the model. I mean, we've got a great model, we've got great pipeline, and just to keep building the portfolio and having the diversification there. 
um, you know, when you're getting the kind of numbers that I'm getting on some of these deals, um, repeat the formula. You know, we, we're demonstrating now that we can do it and we're seeing opportunity to, to repeat this and we're just going to keep going through and become, you know, the leading streaming and royalty company in the smaller mid-sized market for mining companies that want that one to 10 to $20 million financing to get into production. Oh, I, I, I don't think people want to stay small. People, every time you, once you get there, you start talking about bigger deals. That's the name of the game, right? But there's, there's a great spot of the one to $10 million range that makes sense. And we're able to structure that with the team that we have. Um, and you're fa- able to get fantastic returns there. Um, you know, I'd rather have diversification in the portfolio and multiple investments than having some huge, big, chunky ones. Right. So how do people value you going for it? Because again, we, we, we look at the market and I think it's very hard for us poor family offices and uh, you know retail guys to work out how you value a company because they've got so many assets, so many investments. We're not going to go through and um, study each one and work out if you guys are telling us the truth or you know correcting your assumptions or your forecasts. So how do, how do we know that you're the one we should be buying into, not the, the guy down the road? I think investors have to look at what they want from a royalty company investment. Um, you know, whether you want that long term, seeing what the uh, seeing what the expiration is and, and going through that much longer term, or whether you want to see a royalty company that's bringing in revenue now. And that's where we want to get to. Um, and we've got aggressive plans to get there in the next couple of months. Definitely hopeful, not definitely, hopefully by the end of the year uh, that we're bringing in revenue. So 2022, we'll be having you know, a significant amount of revenue um, for a junior royalty company. And that's where you see the multiples as well when you look across and, you know, again, it's quite a competitive space and, you know, it's right. How much time does an investor have to dig deep into all these companies? Um, but, you know, I think they've got to decide what their, what their criteria is. Um, we believe revenue is, is critical. Well, I agree with you, but it's not the only model out there. There's lots of different models where people are perhaps doing the promote game and that works quite well. Their multiples are off the charts. So that's why I ask you about, you know, what your end game is here. Are you setting yourselves up to be taken out? Are you setting yourselves up for, you know, some kind of conservative growth profile? Or do you want to, you know, get big and rich quick? It's a tough one. Until you're actually in a situation to be taken out or something like that. Um, that's not why we're building this. We're building this because we see the growth that we can do. We can see the kind of business model we can build here. We see the demand for it in the space. We see the need not just in terms of the investors coming into a company, but what we can do to get mines into production. I mean, that's really what we're focused on. That's what I've always been focused on. That's what David's always been focused on is getting companies into production. So this model allows us to do this. Um, and again, on the smaller side of it. Uh, so yeah, this repeat the model, invest in the companies, bring the revenue into Empress, grow that way by, by doing more deals, by bringing more investments that are, have great returns right. and cash. Okay, and then just just finally, um, which is on the how you go about finding deals, because there are lots of companies, there's lots of competition, and some of them sometimes overpay, and sometimes you know create a situation where it would be foolish for you to step in and, and, and pay up for something. Um, 
So it's, it's got to be a bit more than our track record experience and we've got a bunch of contacts. I mean, how, how do you ensure, or indeed, you know, waiting for that call from um, Scotiabank with a list of, you know, options for you and, you know, 10 other royalty companies to pitch for. So how do, how do you think you're going to structure the company going forward to ensure that you do get the best access to the, all the deals that are out there? Because at, the, at that smaller end, very competitive. Yeah, we, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're not a royalty trading company. We're not acquiring third-party royalties. Um, so we're not, we haven't been in a competitive bidding process. We're not out there overpaying and, and trying to do a land grab. That's not our business model. We're working with the companies to create new royalty and streams that will make economic sense for us. So we know we're paying a fair price, but we also know it works for the mining companies or it has to work for the mining companies in order for us to do it because they want to, we obviously want them to be the best producer they possibly can so it has to make economic sense for both sides. No, I understand that. And sorry if there's the confusion, but again, I've been speaking to a few royalty companies this week. They all get called by all of the companies who need cash in whatever shape or form that comes. The dollar is a dollar. What you call it, what the terms are attached to it is, is another, another discussion. But they reach out to all royalty, available royalty companies to see what the best deal that they can get is. I'm saying, so how do you... How do you how do those companies come to you and go, do you know what, these guys are going to offer us the best possible transaction? Yeah, you know, we, we do. We get, the, we get the, the, um, the contact through like our info email accounts and those types of things. And we do look at those projects. Um, but for us, where we're deploying our capital is through known management groups to us. So that's, that's the difference there is we're working with our network to source opportunities. And that's, we're going after these companies. We're approaching them. We're working with groups known to us so it's very much a network thing than a, a cold call where we know that they're into all of it and some investment banking firms are running that model where they're coming out to all the royalty companies and wanting everyone to bid we're not getting into that bidding process okay and you you operate where people, other people fear to tread a little bit of that i don't know if i'd be that aggressive about it i think we just have the opportunities um through our, <laughs> through our relationships um that we're able to get access to okay brilliant alexandra thank you very much Really enjoyed that. Thank you. Nice. Me nice. too. Yeah. There you go. Um, congratulations on one of the raise. Obviously, I didn't, I, we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but um, you know that that's done. I'm more interested in you know what you think the future looks like. You know, you know, are you looking up to the stars, or is this just a you know quick win scenario uh, for you? So appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, Matthew. Um, and I'd love, you know, the three key things and takeaways from Empress is we are a royalty creation company. We're new and we're young. We've got huge plans to grow this company out. And by investing in um, by investing in Empress, you're getting access to precious metals and you're getting access to hopefully soon revenue um, and being able to get into a dividend policy. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.